SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Network. Happy Friday! Welcome to the morning after on Sports Grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204. I'm your host, Ariel Epstein, taking you through the next three hours, getting you ready for the weekend. Yesterday, it just felt as if we had to take the day off today because yesterday was incredible for sports. Not only did we have the NFL preseason, Major League Baseball, I have to give you a round of applause. You absolutely crushed it last night. Fox did a great job in producing the beginning of the game. The Field of Dreams was a dream. Not only was the production of it good, but it was the game itself was one of the best baseball games that I have watched in a very long time. Maybe for Yankees fans here on the East Coast, eh, not the best result. Yeah, we're going to get to more of the game coming up in a little bit. We're going to have Donnie Wrightside joining the show as well a little bit later this hour. You just saw him on the early line from 7 to 9 a.m. here on the East Coast. But first, let me welcome in my co-host, Ben Stevens. Ben, happy Friday. Let's make some cash. Build that bankroll. Get ready for the weekend. Build that bankroll by looking at NFL preseason football because that's where my focus is. That's where I feel great. But really, the Field of Dreams game yesterday was absolutely incredible. Magical. Everything that you could use in the superlatives to describe that game, to describe that setting, to describe the sunset in Dyersville, Iowa. You know what I will say, Ariel Epstein, for one final time. Hey, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. And what a game it was last night. Tim Anderson walking off for the White Sox, going back and forth in the ninth inning alone. Eight home runs. Rob Manfred juicing the balls. Everything was good last night in Dyersville. You did mention the NFL preseason. It was also pretty good last night. There were a few sweats. First, Washington at New England. The Patriots were plus two and a half to open, and it closed with the Patriots as favorites at minus one and a half. It was Cam Newton who came in for two series, and he went four of seven, but only three points. His pass, his average pass length was only three tenths. That's really bad. But then Mac Jones, the rookie, comes in five series, 13 of 19, six points, 7.2 is his average for pass, uh, average pass length. So these two quarterbacks, if you're watching here on our streaming or on TV, you could see that the Patriots quarterback battle could be heating up. However, the what I got out of this game, Ben, Cam Newton only played the first two series and didn't play into the third quarter the way Mac Jones is. No way Bill Belichick is playing his week one starting quarterback through the third quarter. No, and that's to be expected, right? The rookie quarterback was something to prove in his first game in Gillette Stadium on the NFL level. Yeah, he went out there and he looked very, very good and very confident, though, running that offense. 13 for 19, like you mentioned, 87 yards, was in command of everything. Cam said he felt, uh, said he felt a lot better about the second drive that he had as opposed to the first. Is there a quarterback battle right now, a quarterback competition in Foxborough? I don't think for week number one, like you mentioned, Ariel, but maybe some point during this regular season, Mac Jones does take over. Also, a shout-out to Ramondre Stevenson, the running back out of Oklahoma. 
10 carries last night, 127 yards and two touchdowns, even a touchdown late, breaking away for 70-plus yards into Pater. Scared the crap out of me, though, because it got way too close to the total of 37 that I had the under of. No need to push it up there to 35. Felt very comfortable for a moment. And then Ramon Jerry Stevenson breaking off that long touchdown run. The total, though, still goes under. 35 final points. The total was 37. 2-0 in preseason handicapping, Ariel. That's where I'm looking. Welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience. First hour here on the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 204, the Matter 1090. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Washington loses 22-13 to New England. And as you mentioned, Ben, the total was what was important because the total opened up at 32.5 and, and closed at 37 on FanDuel, which meant that it really depended on where you got this total as to where you may have hit. You could have middled at a 35. I mean, there were so many different options that you could have had if depending on where you grab the total. The other game last night, Pittsburgh ends up beating Philly 24 to 16. Philly was minus one. The line moved in their favor to minus one and a half, yet the Steelers end up covering and winning outright at plus one and a half. The total went up from 33 and a half to 36, goes over hitting at 40. Joe Flacco, baby. Former Ravens elite quarterback, Super Bowl winner, MVP, 10 of 17, 178 yards and a touchdown pass, Ben. Our good friends and partners at FanDuel shared out this video of Joe Flacco saying, uh-oh, don't say it, don't say it. Is Joe Flacco elite? And what was the pass? Behind the line of scrimmage on a little screen pass to Quez Watkins, who did the rest. 79-yard touchdown on that little screenplay. But Joe Flacco, not bad. 10 of 17, 178 yards, a touchdown. He was going to play a majority of that game for Nick Sirianni in that Philadelphia Eagles offense. Jalen Hurts was out there for a little bit, but mostly in Joe Flacco. But let's flip it to the other side because the Pittsburgh Steelers so far this year in 2021 are a preseason dynasty. 2-0, winning the Hall of Fame game, and then last night in the Battle of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And the Steelers quarterbacks in the depth that they have and will probably use moving forward here because I don't expect to see Big Ben a lot throughout this preseason. Mason Rudolph last night was 8 of 9, 14 of 18 overall in these two games, 161 yards. Dwayne Haskins was fantastic last night in the two games this preseason, 24 of 35, 215 yards and a touchdown. And Josh Dobbs so far, 9 of 12 overall, 67 yards. So the Steelers in that quarterback depth, something to pay attention to the rest of this preseason. Philly looked good in the first half. They outscored Pittsburgh 16 to 7. Then the second half, Pittsburgh outscores Philly 17 unanswered points. I don't know what happened here, but Philly clearly showing that the second half isn't their area of expertise still. We'll see if things change coming up in the regular season. Next, we're going to talk about Major League Baseball. Have to give more love to the Field of Dreams. We'll hear from the star of the Chicago White Sox, Tim Anderson. In addition to breaking down what else happened in the gambling world in the Major League Baseball side of things. So Sirius XM, Channel 204. We'll see you up. Coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back 
back on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. In baseball yesterday, it finally wasn't a favorite slaughter fest. Eight and six the favorites went, which gets it down from 76% to 74% is what favorites have been hitting at in the last nine days. A favorite did prevail in the field of dreams yesterday, and it was the Chicago White Sox who get the 9-8 win over the New York Yankees. The White Sox cash at minus 178 on the money line. This total goes flying over at nine and a half. Mm. White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson hits the walk-off two-run home run off the Yankees closer Zach Britton. And the Yankees just continue to disappoint. But before I get to all the Yankees problems, there was this stat yesterday that absolutely rattled me. And it made me, it just gave me the chills because it's field of dreams. It was the 15th walk-off home run that a White Sox player has had against the New York Yankees. The first one, Shoeless Joe Jackson, July 20th, 1919. If you don't know about the Field of Dreams, it's all based on Shoeless Joe Jackson. You couldn't have written this any better, Ben. This was one of the most storybook finishes you could have had for a Field of Dreams game. It was absolutely incredible. Multiple go-ahead home runs in the ninth inning alone. Giancarlo Stanton putting the Yankees up in the top of the ninth, and then Tim Anderson walking it off in the bottom of the ninth, all among the corn, everything flying out. Eight home runs yesterday, offense on full display. It was absolutely incredible to see. It was the best regular season Major League Baseball game I have watched in a very, very long time. In that setting, in Dyersville, Iowa, on the Field of Dreams itself, it was absolutely incredible. Major League Baseball really could not have asked for a better product last night. And the White Sox continuing to be a team to be reckoned with in the American League. The second shortest odds right now to win the AL pennant. And they feel pretty confident about what they are doing right now, Ariel. So when you have Tim Anderson putting on that display, when you have the White Sox, although they did allow a lot of runs to the Yankees, Still looking that good. It was a great sight to see for any Southside backers last night. And Tim Anderson was absolutely incredible. Eloy Jimenez, his fifth home run in the past five games. Jose Abreu, the reigning AL MVP, somehow forgotten about showing off the power as well. So a White Sox offense that has been near the tops of Major League Baseball all year long on full display last night in Iowa. Anderson, the star of the show, he spoke out after the game about what that win meant to him. Show that we uh, we could be dangerous, uh, you know, all the way through. Uh, you got to go through that lineup, you know, four four to five times, and uh, that's tough to do. That's tough to do. Um, you know, if we keep fighting and uh, you know keep pushing and keep being good teammates, uh, we got a chance to do something real special. As Ben mentioned, the White Sox still up there at the top of the board and have very short odds, six to one now, to win the World Series. For the Yankees, it's another struggle. In fact, the ninth inning has been horrible for the Yankees. Saw a stat this morning that it's the Yankees' sixth loss this season where they've lost with a lead in the ninth inning or later. It's the most losses in that spot in the American League and the Yankees' most in a season since 1997. The Yankees starter Andrew Heaney, he has just been... I don't want to say anything too mean, so I'll just say the stat. He's allowed eight home runs in his last three games, tied for the second most home runs allowed in a three-game span in Yankees history. Use whatever adjective you want. It's bad. And the Yankees get another loss against an American League team. Now, Ben, we got to move on because we don't really have a lot of time. But Oakland beats Cleveland 17 to nothing. Oakland catches in minus 178 on the money line. The total was nine. Oakland goes over it on its own. It's the A's largest shutout win in franchise history. Another team that's gaining some ground in the American League. 
The Oakland Athletics have won seven straight games and are now just a game and a half back of the Houston Astros in the AL West. The Houston Astros seem to have a very, very commanding lead of that division in the American League West. When I checked this divisional odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook just about seven days ago, the Astros were a minus 1150 favorite. Now that has come down to minus 750, and the A's are plus 460 to win the American League West. Only a game and a half back. If you don't like the A's to win the American League West, may I then tempt you to take the A's in the American League? And yes, Oakland has had its fair share of postseason struggles, but somehow the seventh shortest odds for the team that holds a two-game advantage for that top spot in the AL wild card. They are plus 1,200, or excuse me, plus 1,100 to win the AL pennant right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, trending in a very positive direction at this time. 17-0 over the Tribe yesterday, just looking absolutely fantastic in what they are doing here as of late. Again, seven straight wins. So the A's making a run to that American League West top spot, only a game and a half back of the Houston Astros. And the A's, two games ahead of that AL wild card spot, where it's right now that second spot the Boston Red Sox have, the Yankees and the Blue Jays trailing that. By the way, just one final point on the White Sox, an 11 and a half game lead in the American League Central, by far the largest lead of any division Yikes. leader at this moment. So much so, Ariel, the FanDuel Sportsbook has taken off the odds to win the American Ooh. League Central right now. The White Sox were minus 20,000. Minus 20,000, 200 to 1 to win that division earlier this week. They're no longer up on FanDuel because what's the point? Wow, I did not see that coming. Figured they would have kept those up. But you're right, what is the point? The rest of this division is absolutely atrocious. Thought maybe the American League West was going to look similar because the Astros were pretty ahead at one point. And now you see that certain teams like Oakland, they're gaining ground in the AL West. And plus 460, yeah, Houston's minus 700. Those odds are implying to me that the book thinks that Oakland's going to tail off by the end of this uh, regular season, whereas Houston could continue to heat up. Houston did have some injury issues throughout the last couple of months. They've had a lot of players on the IL. We'll see if they can heat up more as we get through September. But Oakland might have to be stuck in that wild card game. And honestly, I have no interest in backing an Oakland Athletics team in a wild card game. They just scare me. They probably have to go up against someone out of the American League East, too. That's just a brutal wild card game to have to figure out. And they may not even have the home field advantage because they're probably not going to have a better record than the team that comes out of the American League East. Still some time, though. Now, switching over to the National League, the Milwaukee Brewers beat the Chicago Cubs 17-4. to We like to talk about the great teams in baseball, but they're just as important as knowing the fade teams in baseball. The Chicago Cubs mm -hmm. have been the ultimate fade team, losing 17-4. Milwaukee catches in minus 230 money line. Milwaukee hits the total on the game of nine by itself with its team total. The Cubs lost consecutive games by 10 or more runs for the fourth time in modern era since 19 since 1900 they were also outscored by 28 runs in this series versus the brewers it's their worst ever run differential in a sweep of any length at wrigley field 28 runs is what they were outscored by ben that is disgusting they lose 17 to 4 yesterday they get struck out 15 times by corbin burns the day before the Chicago Cubs, Ariel, are a AAA team that I don't know would win many AAA games right now because of all that they did selling away their roster at the trade deadline. Now they cut Jake Arrieta, another guy that was a big component of their World Series team, thanking him for his service to the organization. But, hey, get out of Chicago. The Cubs have lost eight straight games. They are 8-19 and 19 since the All-Star break, 2-10 and 10 
since the trade deadline where they shipped off Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez and Chris Bryant and pretty much everybody that was anybody on their roster. Right now, when you look at the Cubs against the Miami Marlins for their game today in Miami, the Marlins a minus 126 favorite. Jesus Lazardo on the bump for the fish. And now listen, Lazardo has not been great in the trade that sent him from Oakland to Miami, his hometown team. But still, I mean, we're looking to fade the Cubs at all costs here. And a minus 126 price to do so for a team at home is not the worst thing in the world. Again, the Cubs, eight straight losses, two and ten since that trade deadline when they pretty much packed up and shipped everybody out of Chicago. And I'm sure a lot of the veterans in Chicago that ended up leaving and getting traded at the deadline are thrilled to not be a part of this whole mess. It's amazing what just a couple of years can do. I always said I love Joe Madden as a head, as a manager. And when the Cubs decided to get rid of Madden and he went over to L.A., it just it's tough. I mean, these these teams are all trying to get these coaches or managers to be the way A.J. Hinch was, where he goes to Houston and they got a bargain for him and took a chance. A lot of these former players coming in the way that David Ross just did or Aaron Boone, not seeing as much success out of these managers. Coming up next, we're going to talk NFL. There are a lot of updates from training camp. How did it impact the odds? Talk about it up next. Sirius XM Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 204 with ben stevens i'm ariel epstein here on this football friday what's most important is finding out who's in and who's out the nfl preseason mm. continues tonight with three games on the slate a bunch of games going on this weekend one of those teams in action the chicago bears the athletic reporting that bears head coach matt Nagy has said that quarterback justin fields will play quote past halftime the rookie potentially has a shot at even playing into the fourth quarter against the Dolphins on Saturday. They want him to get a bunch of reps. Nagy also adds that there's a good possibility Fields plays with some of the starters on Saturday. It does depend on what the quarterback Andy Dalton does for the Bears in the first possession. Chicago laying three and a half at home against Miami Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Ben, I know Big Ten Ben and you is real excited to see Justin Fields play this weekend. I mean, if you have seen anything coming out of Chicago Bears camp about Justin Fields, the accolades are pouring in. What he is doing during practice and even scrimmages against opposing teams like he did earlier this week against Miami, he is looking incredible. He is looking not like the number 11 overall pick in the draft, but more like, hmm, probably should have been the number two overall pick in the NFL <laughs> draft. Justin Fields seems very in command of this Matt Nagy offense and will be that on display this Saturday at home against the Miami Dolphins. Like you mentioned, a three and a half point spread in favor of Chicago. Hammer that, the total at 35 and a half. If you're gonna have Justin Fields out there into the second half, playing with some starters, even the best backups that he can be with and use that athleticism and the weapons at his disposal, we look to the over of that 35 and a half as well because Ariel, as we know, 
generally throughout the preseason if you have a total below 37 it hits to the over a majority of the time when you think back to the previous two years average throughout preseason week number one all 16 games the to the total is somewhere in the ballpark of 40 41 and a half so you're getting up there over that number of 35 and a half and if you're going to have in my mind one of the best young quarterbacks in this past 2021 nfl draft out there with his offensive weapons being able to use them to its absolute best yeah i think we'll see some points in chicago on saturday so i like the bears minus three and a half sure why not back in justin fields and i lean that over 35 and a half against the dolphins as well another quarterback situation that's going to get really interesting is in san francisco 49ers head coach kyle shanahan says that he plans to play his quarterbacks in the preseason opener and the series will probably start with jimmy garoppolo then go over to Trey Lance as the backup. Hope is to get Lance somewhere around 30 snaps in his preseason debut. The 49ers host the Chiefs in game one of their preseason. Niners go from minus one and a half to minus two in the line movement. The total on the rise, 36 and a half to 39. I can imagine they're going to want to rest Garoppolo considering he just really hasn't played more than one full season in San Francisco. Ben, what are you expecting to see out of Trey Lance? When you look at that total of 39, it's the second highest total on the board this weekend. The only one higher is tonight between the Cowboys and the Cardinals. That's at 39 in the hook. I think Trey Lance will get a substantial amount of time, kind of like Justin Fields will with the Chicago Bears on Saturday. You see that total up there. You expect some scoring. Trey Lance has been raved about at Niners camp as well. It's a very interesting thing to think about how long Trey Lance could play and Jimmy G getting some reps. But again, we're talking about a Niners team that has the third shortest odds to win the NFC at plus 650. They are the favorites to win a very competitive NFC West at plus 190. Their team win totals up there, Ariel, at 10.5. The under has the juice, but still, and now you're kind of seeing this quarterback competition starting to lead itself here into preseason week number one. Jimmy G will get his time. Trey Lance will play a lot. I expect some big points on Saturday. I also find it interesting that the head coach for the Jaguars in Urban Meyer will not announce that he's going to name Trevor Lawrence as starting quarterback week one yet. Said it's still a competition between Minshew and Lawrence. Mm, we'll see how things go with the preseason game for the Jaguars, who are, they actually had a line flip, plus four flips to minus two and a half this weekend against the Browns. Browns not playing their starters. Coming up next, we're going to talk New York, New Jersey, tri-state area football. Be back in 15 seconds. Welcome to our MSG audience here in the first hour of the morning after on SportsGrid. We're also on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 on the West Coast. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. In the middle of talking about the NFL and some updates from training camp. Now the New York Giants take on the New York Jets with the Giants as the home team this weekend. The line did flip against New York, minus one and a half goes to plus two on the Giants. The Jets, now the favorites. This doesn't surprise me because it was announced this week that the New York Giants are going to hold out their starting quarterback, Daniel Jones, from Saturday's preseason opener against the Jets. Zach Wilson, the Jets' rookie running back, is slated to start for the, two, the first two series. Ben, hearing that, what is this going to show us of Zach Wilson this weekend? 
Well, I think it's going to be a very interesting sample size to see Zach Wilson out there. Robert Salah said that he might even go a quarter. We'll see how long that actually is. It could be two series. It could be three for Zach Wilson. But a couple of other interesting notes about the talented rookies the Jets drafted after Zach Wilson. Another first-round pick in Elijah Vera Tucker. He is dealing with a pec strain right now. He probably will not play in this preseason opener, as will the number two are the second round pick, I should say, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, the very talented and speedy wide receiver. He also might be limited in what he is able to do if he even plays at all in this opener between the Jets and the Giants. So some of Zach Wilson's best pieces, one to protect him, one for him to throw to, might not be out there with Zach Wilson. And all the reports surrounding Jets training camp after Zach Wilson finally got there because he was not there for the start of camp as he was still unsigned, has not been the best and brightest out of what that offense has shown. So I'm not overly confident. I understand the line flip when you are going to start your rookie quarterback, who will most likely be your starter come week number one. I get the Jets should be favored by two, but I actually look to the Giants here because despite Daniel Jones not playing, what they have behind DJ is still pretty solid. Mike Glennon, a quarterback that has tons of NFL experience and Clayton Thorson a guy that has been a backup for the last couple of years and I think a pretty exciting quarterback so I think the depth favors the Giants here and they have a lot more depth offensively the defense is a lot better than what the Jets have in any pieces so I would look to the Giants here as the home underdog in a way even if you think they win outright I would take the Giants on the money line plus 115 get a little sprinkle of plus money there between the Jets and the Giants I understand the line flip I just think the Giants are the better side with more depth overall, and that's one of my key factors I've been taking into account here in my preseason handicapping. I do like it. I agree with you. The Giants have more depth. The Jets just starting to rebuild. Also, the Giants know what it's like to play under their head coach, who now Joe Judge entering his second year with the Giants. The Jets having to figure things out. Robert, Robert Salah is not only the first-year head coach in New York, it's his first time as a head coach ever. He was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Now he's coming over to the Jets. First time on the play calls. First time in charge of everything. It wouldn't surprise me if there's just growing pains early on and the Giants are way more ready to play this game than the Jets are. What always gets me is that these two teams play in the same stadium anyway. So when I'm talking about home and away teams, it's like, well, there's not really a home field advantage here. When it comes to the former preseason games between the Jets and the Giants, do you know any trends, Ben? Hmm. I forgot to look them up. Oh, I thought you were about to break out some trends. No, I do not know the splits between the Giants and the Jets and their preseason games. You look that up. I'll talk trends overall because I want to talk about this total. 34 and a half. Ariel Epstein gave you this stat and trend yesterday. Since 2010, if a preseason total is lower than 37, it is hitting to the over around 56, 57 percent of the time. And that makes sense because I dove back and looked at the past five years of preseason football. We did not play a preseason in 2020, but starting from 2019 through 2015, the last five years of week one totals. And if we look at these trends, this total between the Jets and the Giants at 34 and a half seems a little bit low. And I understand Daniel Jones is not playing and Zach Wilson is a rookie and you have your questions there. But let's look at what we have here. 2019, the week one average was 41.6 points per game. 2018. 41.9 2017 34.8 2017 out of the past five years was the lowest average overall for week one and still by 0.3 would go over this total we're seeing for the Jets and the Giants 2016 was 37.3 2015 week one preseason games the average total was 39 and a half so I think the 34 and a half 
is a little bit low here. Through the three preseason games, including the Hall of Fame game that we have so far, the average has been 31.3, but that has come down mainly based on the Hall of Fame game. You look at the two last night, 22-13 between the Pats and the football team. That's 35. 24-16 between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles. That's 40. Both of those totals over this number of 34 and a half. So that total between the Jets and Giants seems a little bit low to me, Ariel. You're going to love this because you do like the Giants. It's going to be a trend that stands out to you. The last time that the okay. Giants lost a preseason game to the Jets, 2013. Let's go. Oh, we love that. You love when the trend backs it up. You do your own research. You look at the depth chart. You find what you like there. And then a trend also being your friend. Ariel Epstein, that's some good vibes on a Friday. And by the way, that 2013 win by the Jets was in overtime. Forgot that overtime mattered in preseason games. 24 to 21 in overtime. The Jets won that game in 2013. And what do we know about overtime now in the preseason? There is none, so it wouldn't even have been a thing. It would be 21-21, and if you took the Giants on the spread, they would have covered their plus two as the home underdog on Saturday. I like it. You sold me. Giants plus two against the Jets. And this way, for Jets fans, we're not totally annoying you because you could still win. The Giants just have to keep it close. And apparently, based on the past, the Giants keep it close and usually end up winning. Coming up next, we're going to welcome in Sports Grid Zone, Donnie Wrightside. You just saw him on the early line here. And he does in-play sports tonight, every weeknight. Stay right here on the grid. It's Sirius XM Channel 204. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. We're here until noon Eastern time, getting you ready for your weekend. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. We welcome in our first guest here on this football Friday, and it's Sports Grid Zone, Donnie Wrightside. You catch him 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on the East Coast on the early line and in play sports tonight later on this evening. But Donnie, thanks for coming on with us this morning. I do have to ask you this question first. How much do you agree that Major League Baseball defeated the NFL last night? I agree with that. I thought it was a wonderful performance by Major League Baseball. How many times in the past we look at baseball? Oh, they'll somehow mess this one up. That was a win from the teams involved, from the field involved, from the production standpoint, from the overall game experience. It has to happen every year now, right, guys? It has to. What a win by Major League Baseball last night. I think it will happen every year. I believe Rod Manfred said before the game that they will return to Dyersville, Iowa, with two new teams next year, have the Field of Dreams game every year. I think, guys, we should go and rent out the house on the set of yes. the Field of Dreams because I learned last night it's an Airbnb property. So we can go do that. But, Donnie, we also had some great NFL preseason action last night. Your Philadelphia Eagles in action. Joe Flacco looking pretty good. What did you make of the two preseason games we had last night? 
Quarterback controversy. Did you see Joe Flacco last night? Oh, my goodness. Super Bowl playoff run for my Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely elite. <laughs> South Jersey kid comes home, dominates the football game. But let's be real about it. It's about Jalen Hurts here, how he's going to look in the regular season. I like the performance in the first half by the Philadelphia Eagles. Every, look, everything is vanilla here. You almost just want to see productivity out of the offense, which you saw. Quez Watkins with a deep touchdown. You know, you want to call it a pass here, but more of a 70-, 80-yard run at that point, showing their speed. That's the young wide receiver core. Maybe Devontae Smith comes back, but also take a look there up in New England. We're focusing a lot on Mac Jones, who I thought played well. Cam Newton, who I do think is going to be the starter in the regular season for the New England Patriots. But I was quite happy with the two performances from both teams this night. It's just great to have football back in our lives, and I'm excited for it here. First-year head coach Nick Sirianni in Philly. What did you see out of a first-year head coach in a spring in a preseason game that maybe could be a trend going forward in the rest of these preseason games for first-year head coaches? Yeah, dialing up some nice play calls. Like you saw the Pittsburgh Steelers putting a little bit of blitz packages together against the Eagles. So what does he do? Dials up a play on a wide receiver screen, endured, which is designed to beat the blitz, and they go for a long home run there. You just wanted to see a functional football team out of a young head coach. We like everything we're hearing here in Philadelphia out of Nick Sirianni. And also keep in mind those odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. He opened at a 55-1 to 1 to be coach of the year at the mm. NFL. Yes, it's an absolute long shot. He's now 45-1 to 1 out there. So Ooh. maybe off of a couple good performances. Performances, he can keep increasing his, you know, preference on the NFL. But I liked it last night, Nario. Back to your point here. You know, you want to take the baby steps here. You got three games in the preseason before the real games start there in September. And I did like what I saw last night. It was a good start for the regime under Nick Sirianni. Philly, the fourth longest odds to win the NFC East. It will be a division that could be a toss-up at any point. Philadelphia plus 470 to win the NFC East. Donnie, you highlight Quez Watkins in that speed. I think it was the absolute strength from Joe Flacco that he got it out there to Quez Watkins. So, Donnie, we have a great NFL preseason slate this weekend, 14 games in total. What are a couple of the key matchups that you'll be highlighting? Yeah, there's one game I like for the point spread, but we're going to keep that to the side here because we do have some interesting thoughts going over and over about what we want to see. How about tomorrow, 1 o'clock in the afternoon? That's Miami, Chicago. You have Tua Tagovailoa on one side, which we do want to see him, you know, sort of increase his, you know, mojo on that football team. I am the starter now. Nobody's behind me. Let me take the reins here. Now, look, it doesn't mean he's going to play three quarters and dominate that football game. You just want to see some fluid passes, get in, get out, don't get injured, but also on the opposite side. The Chicago Bears, Justin Fields taking the field. If you take a look over the past couple days, those joint practices with the Miami Dolphins, it looks like Justin Fields is separating himself into an elite talent, which we always knew he had talent coming in. But here's the crux of the argument, guys. You're taking a look at the Chicago Bears here. Who promised Andy Dalton, please sign with us. You will be the starter. Maybe we'll draft somebody in the draft, but maybe second, third round, he can learn under you. Then they have Justin Fields fall right into their lap and are saying like, well, what do you want us to do here? We think you should be the starter, but if you're looking from a Bears perspective, the health of the organization, it's better to have the young kid in there to learn on the fly and see what you have as a first-round quarterback. That's going to be an interesting one. Also keep in mind, right behind that, Denver and Minnesota. He said, well, why would you look for Denver and Minnesota? They're in a quarterback battle as well. Drew Locke going to get the start in this game. Teddy Bridgewood a Right behind him, you have some mojo going back and forth. Who's going to take the lead? If I am the Denver Broncos in this scenario, guys, I actually want Drew Locke to take the lead. I believe he's the more talented quarterback. But if you're looking from a head coaching position like Fangio, maybe you just want to make the playoffs to save your job. Teddy Bridgewater probably the safer choice in that game, guys. Sports Grid host Donnie Seymour, Donnie Rideside, joining us here on the grid. Donnie, when it comes to the quarterback competitions, as you just alluded to, which quarterback competition are you most excited to see pan out? 
Yeah, there's going to be a couple there, and we just went over the first two. But how about this one? And, you know, Kevin and I talked on the earlier line. This one, or the early line, this makes it for an interesting competition, which shouldn't even be a competition. You draft a guy number one overall. You tanked for this kid. You saw him coming maybe a 10- to 15-year generational talent overall. And who am I talking about? Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew was part of a 1-15 football team last year, which he repeatedly got benched on. But we are led to believe out here that what's going to take place, it's a quarterback competition. So we were saying earlier, like, what would we tell Urban Meyer? If we guys were sitting back here as journalists in the room and he was given a press conference and he calls on Donnie, I did the same bit a little bit earlier. What would I tell Urban Meyer? Now, hold on. This is a quarterback competition. So are you saying now that Gardner Minshew could beat out Trevor Lawrence? Are you looking to trade him by midseason then because it didn't work out number one overall? And the charade in Jacksonville. You were 1-15. Trevor Lawrence is the face of your franchise. Name him the starter. He'll be fine, guys. He'll be fine. Donnie, I was sitting down in our production room doing some research while you and Kevin were discussing this very thing on the early line. And when you said that, I got fired up because I am fade Urban Meyer at all costs. Allow Urban to run this gimmick and say we're not exactly sure if it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, or Gardner Minshew, who went one in 15 last year. Keep doing it. Donnie, in fact, hop on this train with me. The under of the Jags alternate team win total of four and a half is plus 240. That's where my attention is for this preseason. Speaking of number one overall picks, the Cincinnati Bengals last year drafted Joe Burrow, obviously torn ACL, missed a good portion of his rookie campaign. Not expected to play much in the preseason, but Donnie, what caught all of our eyes was that six-point spread that Tampa is favored by over Cincy on Saturday. What do you make of that game between the Bucs and the Bengals? Did I miss something on this game here, Ben? Because when I look at the minus six, I'm like, okay, oh, this must be the opening game line versus the Cowboys where everybody's going to play their starters. No, this is a preseason game. And when we try to gauge our excitement over this and what makes sense, look, the Bengals have a lot more to lose here in the preseason. Bing, we don't know how good the Bengals are going to be. They are in an absolutely tough division here that every win is going to be tough to come by in the regular season. So maybe you want to build up that goodwill towards your ownership and Mike Brown and say, hey, uh, look, we can win some football games. We did in the preseason. It might not work out in the regular season. But from a Tampa perspective, everybody comes back on this roster. They just won the Super Bowl. Do we think they really care about game one of the preseason to make sure they look good in this one? When I see the plus six out here, I immediately want to jump on the Bengals bandwagon because Zach Taylor, the head coach, he's already under fire. If you don't have a good season, which I don't know if they were going to at this point here, probably going to be out the door. At least give your ownership say, hey, look, they look competent in the preseason. Let's see what happens during the regular season. But the minus six is great. You know, what are we going to get out of this game? Tom Brady on the sideline, maybe a little avocado ice cream by the first quarter, maybe get interviewed by halftime. No starters are playing here for Tampa Bay. Why are they six-point favorites here? I can't figure it out. Apparently, there's avocado tequila now as well. After the Tom Brady boat tour, after the Super Bowl, avocado tequila is maybe what Tom Brady's Mm going to be sipping on while he's sitting on the sidelines laughing that he doesn't have to play. Duh. Now, a few other players aren't playing in the preseason. That shocked me. The head coach of the Chargers, Brandon Staley, has announced that he's not going to play any of his starters either. That includes the second-year quarterback, Justin Herbert. How surprised were you to hear that news? Shocked by that news. It, it, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're not talking about Tom Brady here where, the, you know, the preseason is going to make or break their season and you'd rather get them rested and ready for the regular season than opposed to playing. But also, I, I could see the difference here. And the only thing where I can say, okay, this makes sense here, is maybe they don't plan on playing their full offensive line that's going to be able to go week one in week one of the preseason. 
Now, what I mean by that is, do you really want to run your quarterback out here? Let's just say three of the five starters on the offensive line aren't playing, including your left tackle and your right tackle. Maybe it makes sense that you don't run your quarterback out there. I get that. Well, hey, maybe he's working really hard in practice, seven on sevens, 11 on 11. So my period, he looks good. We don't want to risk injury. But we're also not talking about a five, six, seven-year veteran here who's made multiple Pro Bowls. You're talking about a young kid that still needs those offensive reps and that mentality from being out there with the guys, even if it's a series, even if it's two series. Maybe he doesn't even throw a deep pass just uses a shovel pass and a couple handoffs gets in and out but it's the mental prep that I like from the young kids at quarterback which is what they need heading into the season I was quite shocked to hear that because I do think he's a good quarterback I think they're gonna have a good season but if we're talking about maybe he's risking injury by playing a series here in the preseason I don't understand the thought process unless there's some other injuries to starters particularly on the offensive line Ariel that we don't know about Brandon Staley coming over as the defensive coordinator from the L.A. Rams, of course, under Sean McVay. Sean McVay not prone to playing his starters throughout the preseason. Maybe that's the thought process as well. Donnie, you are known as one of the best live bettors in all of the sports gambling industry. So I'm not going to ask you specifically about preseason football, but what's your strategy like for football live betting? I got to tell you, it's it's a brand new, it, it evolves year to year because with the advent, I mean, the FanDuel has done some wonderful things here with live in-game betting. It's great to see. And the evolution of in-game betting has advanced just over the past couple of years. It used to be long where you can only take like a, a, you know, second half is, let's just say the total is 30. Okay, you try to make it out there. But now with the advent of putting in live team totals, I have to be honest with you guys, I didn't bet that much live game in totals last year. It was more for me for taking a look at a game, letting it ride out through the entire game, saying, hey, if I like this at 17, and a half as a team total let's just say for the Jets 21 and a half 24 and a half I wasn't making any adjustments outside of maybe a possible injury toward the game you know one of the big quarterbacks goes down a key offensive lineman goes down or a team that you need to stop the passing game two of your cornerbacks got injured in the first half but I'm you'll sort of like a sponge here first couple weeks of the season see how it matters see if how if I like the team let's just say the Chicago Bears team total over 20 they only have six points at the half and their team total in the second half is 11 and a half maybe i'll jump in then and also taking a look at possession by possession where you have it on the field position do you want to start a drive on your own three yard line as opposed to maybe at the 50 yard line and also how the books are going to adjust with those numbers it's great talking it through but i wish i had been an exact strategy for the season but a lot of the times with all this new technology that we have at our fingertips sometimes i like to just dip my toe in the water to see how it works out before maybe getting really after it ben by about mid-season or late season so much changes in that first four or five week period in the NFL. Donnie, just a minute left. We do have games tonight, whether it's preseason in the NFL, Major League Baseball, Summer League. Where are you looking at on the board? Yeah, all over tonight, and I'll keep it quick here. You know, I love team totals in Major League Baseball before the game starts. Sometimes you dip into it. How many times have you guys seen me tweet out the Yankees and the Mets in the fifth or sixth inning, team total of one? You can certainly cash those tickets in. That's where I'm looking primarily. But the St. Louis Cardinals tonight going up against Kansas City, I think they could do some damage at the plate. Looking at the FanDuel Sportsbook around that four-and-a-half team total range, I think that's a decent chance for that one to go over. Heat and humidity in the forecast, a nine decent batters since you have a National League team going over to the American League. Looking in that department there more than the NFL tonight, Ariel. Donnie Wrightside, catch him on the early line, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on the East Coast, in addition to in-play sports tonight, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time, right, Donnie? Is that right? Fantastic, yep, we will be there all night long. Mm -hmm. He'll be there tonight, and check him out at Wrightside VP all over Twitter. Thank you, Donnie, and we'll see you again soon. Fantastic, love doing the show with you guys. 
Coming up next, Ben and I are going to close out the first hour here on the morning after. We have our Fade the Public poll. This was another opinion poll, finding out where you would like to put your shift your attention last night. It's going to be interesting. Sirius XM, Channel 2. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out hour one here on the morning after on Sports Grid. It's Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Let's get to our poll. It's time for Fade the Public. The poll question from last night was if you could only watch one, which one did you watch last night? Field of Dreams, NFL preseason, NBA Summer League, or other? The majority has spoken, and thank goodness they got it right. Major League Baseball, Field of Dreams, got about 56% of the action. Majority is on MLB. Ben, are you fading the public? I mean, the public got it right. I was fading the public, but the public got it right with that number. The best thing to watch last night was the Field of Dreams game. It was magical. It was beautiful. Everything about it was perfect, including the walk-off winner by Tim Anderson to put the White Sox up and win 9-8. to eight. That's the right answer. Everything is right. But I faded the public specifically because for the majority of the night, I was actually watching NFL preseason football. A lot about Washington and New England, a couple of check-ins on Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, flipping back to the White Sox and the Yankees in Dyersville, Iowa. But the majority of my attention, fading the public here, was that football team and Patriots game because I was very much indebted to that total and thankfully, it went under, but the game ended. I was able to flip it back to Fox for the entirety of the ninth inning, and I certainly did. The public got this answer right. I just kind of faded the public for a good majority of my Thursday evening. It does make sense. Wherever your bets lie is where you're probably going to watch. Here's what I hate. I hated that I didn't get any kind of preseason, or excuse me, pregame batting practice information. According to Joe Buck, who was on the call yesterday for Fox, he said that both these teams during batting practice out there in Iowa, the ball was flying out. I wish I heard that and would have placed a bet on the over. Of course the over ends up hitting. It was over a nine and a half. Easy. I hate when I don't get the right information, but you know what? Truth is, maybe I just didn't want to wait a whole hour to get into the ballpark. I heard that the line was crazy to get in, especially because it's a one-way-in, one-way-out situation. Coming up next, hour number two here on The Grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. We're here until noon Eastern time.